Welcome back to Steelcast, Tata Steel's very own podcast about all things steel. Now, last month I was at the UK Metals Expo at the Birmingham NEC. Uh, since then, Tim Rutter has spoke to Michael Lord of the Climate Change Committee following their visit to uh, Albert Talbot site. Today I'm on another Tata Steel UK site, Shotton, home of Colour Coat and Building Systems. And I'm joined by Joe Evans, Director of Building Systems UK. Good morning. Good morning, Joe. Can you just give us a bit of insight into Building Systems UK, please? Absolutely. Well, Building Systems UK um, is a manufacturer of construction products. We're on site here, um, the home of Calico, but also the home of Building Systems UK and your favourite site, I believe, which is nice to hear. Lots going on um, on site. We take um, the steel that comes up from Port Talbot um, and Clamwern, goes into the colour coat business that coats it into world-class coatings like uh, colour coat HPS 200, colour coat Prisma, and then it comes into our bays where we manufacture um, roof cladding, panels and profile products for the construction sector. It can go into industrial warehousing, which is a pretty big part of our business and pretty big part of the colour coat business as well, um, but also into high-rise, education, health and leisure. So we span pretty much the six to eight main sectors within the construction industry. Fantastic. And so Building Systems UK put on today's event, uh, Accelerating Construction Transformation, also known as ACT. Uh, what can people expect from today? Well, ACT is, it's funny actually, we need to, we talk about climate change, we talk about how we should act today, we need to act today for, for tomorrow. So today um, is our first event in Building Systems in our new building. Um, repurposed was, uh, I think we were ahead of our time 10 years ago, this used to do uh, technologies looking at sustainable construction. Um, fell into sort of uh, dis- use and we've repurposed it using a lot of the the building technologies that were already in here which is great so brilliant place to host so we're welcoming 100 people through the door a mix of academia um, construction experts um, engineers architects and cladding um, contractors so a real diverse bunch uh, here today where we'll talk about um, productivity digital and sustainability fantastic it's also got a live bill going on throughout the day haven't you what's going to happen there we have it's part of our modern methods of construction mmc as uh, many people would have seen it um, reference. This is uh, basically off-site construction. So um, across the back in our knowledge hub we will be um, displaying creating a cassette, uh, a number of components and then by the end of the day we will have constructed a wellness centre outside for everyone to see as we unveil. Amazing, can't wait to see it. Now we just want to touch upon, when people think about Tata Steel as a company they probably imagine um, a company making steel as a material rather than offering products, especially a whole building. How do we sort of reposition ourselves in the market to become uh, a national and international leader? I think it's really important that Building Systems UK are known as um, the face of construction uh, for Tata Steel UK. Um, We don't just make steel, we actually make um, products which create the solutions for these energy efficient buildings that are so needed in the construction industry. Um, Back in March we had the construction summit down with the BRE um, in partnership with Constructing Excellence. Uh, We have them here today which is great Um, and this is about, it was all about really what we can do now. Uh, Stop talking the talk, let's walk the walk and today Six months on, we hope we're walking the walk and we'll show a little bit about what we've been doing and with our supply chain, because it is all about collaboration. You can't do this alone. We're talking client to manufacturer, how that entire supply chain can make this happen and make change, which is very needed in the construction sector. Fantastic. And I can see plenty of people are coming through the door now. Uh, I need to let you go so you can open the event. Uh, Throughout the day, I'll be catching up with people uh, to bring you more. Thanks, Joe. Thank you very much.
So, Act 23 is underway and I'm joined by Malcolm Davis from Welsh Government, uh, Senior Programme Lead for uh, the Optimised Retrofit Programme. Uh, welcome Malcolm, could you just give us an insight into the Optimisation Programme please? Uh, yeah, thanks for the invite for this. Um, so the Optimised Retrofit Programme um, is Welsh Government's Test and Learn Programme for Social Housing, launched in 2020, £270 million programme, working with registered social landlords and 11 of Wales' local authorities. Um, to help them uh, innovate and develop uh, new approaches to decarbonising Wales's 230,000 social housing centres. Um, to put that in context, um, this is also linking in to other programmes within inside Welsh Government. Great. So, and has steel uh, as a material played any part in that project? So, um, in some cases it has, but one um, good example is there's a whole range of different products that uh, fit into this. Um, the Optimised Retrofit Programme, ORP, um, mandates past 2035. We're working very closely with Trustmark, both uh, the lodgement and also their research and innovation centre. And one of those areas is looking at what's right for the building, but not forgetting it's someone's home. So with regards to steel, actually Tartar Steel with Welsh Government uh, supported a company called Bipfco in uh, Newport, South East Wales, with a highly innovative new solution for roofing for UV panels. So that's a really exciting way of how different innovations with steel, a very uh, historic product for construction, comes into the next generation of solutions for homes. Okay, well, so that's similar to the photovoltaic coatings uh, we've seen on the likes of the active classroom, the active office. Uh, those buildings down in Swansea University, they generate more energy than they actually they actually need. Mm -hmm. So it's powering uh, you know, the lights or devices. You can even plug your uh, electric car, charge your car, yeah. and it's, it's still generating more energy than you need. Mm -hmm. Do you think that is the future of uh, not just commercial buildings but residential homes? Yes, there's a, there's a whole uh, opportunity. I, I talk on behalf of the social landlords, they're the ones doing the hard work. So you've got a variety of the landlords are looking at um, standalone uh, photovoltaic PV or ultraviolet panels, UV produce more, more energy, and how they can support individual homes uh, in generating energy back into the grid or to be stored in various forms of uh, next generation batteries uh, that can be then used for heating and powering the home. So we've also got some exciting ways of heating the home through things like graphene radiant wallpaper, which is absolutely mind blowing. It's a wallpaper, but it heats the home. Um, also then how there could be prop, uh, opportunities for almost like a district energy grid so you can have uh, uh, solar panels with batteries uh, and also energy uh, generation but actually for a community so you have quite large arrays so obviously again you've got the mix of products in there such as say the Bipco or other uh, PV UV panels such as GB Sol um, where they pr procure their steel that's appropriate that is going to be th there for a long time we can't be looking at installing this and then deinstalling it later on Interestingly, GB Sol, uh, one of Wales' uh, PV panel makers, actually supplies uh, Liberty House, who actually puts panels onto all the lighthouses. So steel has a major role in that, and its longevity. Amazing, yeah, because one, one of the things we, we talk, often talk about steel um, as a sustainable material, because it can always not just be reused, we can melt it down recycle it. So it's really given into that uh, sustainable piece, isn't it? Yeah, it is. There, there's the whole, it's a, it's a, an area that we're starting to look at more in depth, 
it's not just about virgin materials, it's actually looking at the embedded carbon. So looking at upcycling um, of products. So when you design something, a product that's being used, what is its next life? And so steel is a good example of that when you are tearing down buildings, youth, uh, recycling cars, whatever, um, how that is then put back into the supply chain. Yeah, and just, just to, as I got you here from Welsh Government, uh, the Climate Change Minister for Welsh Government, uh, Julie James, meant, uh, announced on Tuesday there's a new Welsh housing uh, quality standard. Um, are you able to uh, sort of expand on that for us? So, Welsh Housing Quality Standards 2023, uh, I'm not involved in that in depth, but the Optimised Retrofit programme feeds into that. So, the landlords who receive the funding from Welsh Government for ORP are part of of WHQS 2023 and the lessons coming out of ORP is feeding into that. So it's, there's, there are several housing programmes in Wales um, that are looking at how we address not just social housing, that's 230,000 homes, but also looking at the whole 1.4 million housing stock and how that evolves into also new build. So WHQS is a, is a, a key exciting uh, launch this week um, and it's going to be a, a significant driver for the supply chain, not just of products but of services and there's a huge role in this for further education colleges and higher education colleges such as Swansea University um, in developing new products, new ideas but also training the current workforce but not forgetting succession planning because one of the um, things that are coming out of all of this better homes uh, is it gives a better quality of life, it gives a healthier home and there's a whole research project with Public Health Wales. So a bit like steel, this is a big project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so from the, for, as an outsider looking in, uh, it sounds as though uh, for new builds at least, using low carbon steel from Tata Steel, using you know building systems, modular builds to build houses that could potentially be um, uh, an energy sort of power source itself. Yeah. That could that could not only build um, practical sustainable housing but also help with uh, sort of the energy crisis, take people out of energy poverty. Yes, that's right, because um, ORP has uh, a policy of affordable heat. Um, it's about approaching the building uh, to make certain uh, through PAS 2035 what's right for the building but not forgetting it's someone's home and it's looking at current exciting digital solutions, but also not forgetting some of our heritage. You know, you, you start looking at um, tough housing in Cardiff has been trialling lime render. And that means that the house performs in a means of actually breathing and moisture management, which means it reduces the amount of energy it needs to heat and dry itself out. Likewise, then finding new solutions to clad the buildings, current buildings or, let, or new build using steel and other products has a huge opportunity in, in this whole affordable heat. Yeah. Malcolm, you just mentioned their digital solutions. I know you've got a talk in there with Alex Small right now, and I'm keeping you from it. So thanks very much for your time, and uh, I'll catch up with you again. So the day is rolling on here at Act 23. Uh, I bumped into Trudy Selly from Mott McDonald, consultant there. And Trudy was uh, integral in the value toolkit and the product platform rulebook. 
Uh, Trudy, could you uh, give us an insight into that and what does it mean for construction? Sure. So those were um, two of the biggest outputs from the Construction Innovation Hub, which was a, a government-funded program for four and a half years to really bring together government clients with the industry to develop better processes and approaches to improve productivity and performance and efficiency in construction, which we all know is, is key to the future delivery of all of our infrastructure needs. So the Value Toolkit is a means to make better, consistent, value-based decisions. So talking about value, not just cost all the time. Cost is always going to be key, and it is an integral part of it, but whole life value. So it's a systemized way to do that, and that's with the Infrastructure Projects Authority and will be coming much more public soon. The Product Platform Rulebook, on the other hand, is about, it's a guide. It, it gives you all the information to be able to start your individual organization journey towards developing product platforms, which is also part of government policy. It's also about delivering efficiency, and it's about balancing standardization and the benefits that come from that with variability. So we're not talking boring boxes. We're talking really dynamic, efficient, productive ways of delivering our infrastructure. Yeah, so I was at the UK Metals Expo last month and uh, I sat in on a talk and they were talking about designing not just to construct but also to deconstruct. Is that exactly what it's all about? Yeah, exactly. And we, you know, we talk about climate, we talk about emissions and net zero and carbon and all this language, but a lot of time it's very confusing because there's so much, but we all know how important it is. And if you are designing for manufacture and assembly, then it's about designing to make things more easily that come together more efficiently and effectively. So you design out waste, which is a huge impact just in itself, let alone the materials you use, how much you use them, reducing over-engineering, but creating really efficient processes and delivery. Um, and the Value Toolkit actually also, it looks at things like social and environmental impact. So it's not just about the bits, it's not just about the building, it's not just about who's delivering it. It's a much more holistic approach to everything. Yeah, and I suppose another key word, uh, which you didn't mention there, is collaboration. Yeah. I saw you uh, on a webinar earlier this year, Dave Cooper, and you said collaboration is a big part. And it, we, we've seen that right the way through the supply chain, haven't we? Absolutely. And, you know, that's the Construction Innovation Hub was probably the biggest collaborative um, research and innovation program that's happened in construction. When I started with construction, I found it so bizarre because every project is a collaborative venture, isn't it? There's always multiple different parts involved but then they go their own way and the, the learnings aren't sort of fed back in and, and then they go back into compete mode and that's you know that's critical to the success of an industry but if you actually collaborate to innovate and create change everybody benefits so don't compete in these environments when you can actually work together to overcome common challenges and we'll move forward much faster we'll become more profitable much more quickly and we'll get better buildings so it is a win-win yeah and something else you touched upon in that Dave Cooper webinar was um, a project that are involved in the seismic building in, in, in Watford is that ex an example of uh, modular building uh, done well yeah and it's it's one of these great projects as well there's, there's lots of projects that were, were funded through the transforming construction challenge um, and seismic it brought together traditionally competitive companies who recognized the opportunity to to work together, so that collaboration is key again, to actually develop a system and an approach
approach that could be reused, redeployed, but in a reconfigurable way so you get variety, it can address multiple different types of assets. And I think this is one of those really great pioneering ambassador kind of projects that demonstrate the opportunity to get these efficiencies, to reduce emissions, um, to reduce cost, deliver better. So it's it's a great project and I really hope it is successful going forward. Yeah, great. So we just sat in on a talk through that room there, um, talking about Trim All Fast Fit, one of the products from uh, Building Systems UK, and they claim it's uh, 80% quicker to, to put up, it's 80% safer, fewer accidents, and they, I think they said 60% fewer lorries on the road, so it's less disruption. Is this the future of construction, do you think? Absolutely, and those, those sort of numbers are what we really have to show and prove. And the real benefits of these approaches and these systems comes with repetition. So you get economies of repetition. The more you do it, the more you build in continuous improvement. So learn, identify where there are still challenges. Go back, how can we do this? How can we be more efficient? How can we make sure that every lorry on the road is at its full capacity and that it is doing the optimum journey and that it is potentially connecting different locations to be able to be more efficient so we're not just creating congestion through what we're doing but actually being more efficient across the whole process yeah, so on the flip side of that so um buildings sort of made in factories rather on site mm -hmm. Does that mean we're going to be losing labourers or the likes of brickies on our carpenters? No, and that's a really good question because that so often comes up. The simple fact is that we have a, a demographic across the industry which is ageing. A significant proportion of our workers are over 55. Skilled labour is always at a shortage and we have other challenges, um, economic and political challenges, which have really impacted on that recently. So what we want to do is create more efficient ways to deliver buildings but as I mentioned earlier about the variability still it's not about making everything the same it's about standardizing where it creates efficiencies and balancing that with the specific the bespoke and we will still always need chippies and brickies and plasterers and so on and they will be used in the best way in the best place and actually be able to really use their skill set where it's needed rather than doing things which are highly repetitive or actually just not really their, their area at all, which we see all too often. Okay, thanks so much for your time, Trudy. Uh, we've got another session to go to, so um, yeah, thanks again, and uh, I'll catch up with somebody else soon. So the day is wrapping up and I'm here with Matthew Wemben-Smith from One World Standards. Over 30 years experience in uh, sustainabil uh, sustainability. Matthew, what sort of changes have you seen over the past 30 years? Um, it's been really interesting. Um, I think the big difference is how mainstream sustainability has become. Um, perhaps 30 years ago it was seen as being a little bit, little bit extra, a little bit green and not, not sort of core to business. And I think now it's absolutely fundamental core to the future, the business future of, of businesses. Um, and there's, there's a good reason for that and, and, and a sad reason for that. The good reason is that I think businesses are thinking in that way. The sad reason is a lot of those sustainability issues have simply got worse. Climate change, deforestation, water, fisheries, they're much more front of mind because they're bigger problems than they were 30 years ago. Yeah, because I was having to think about it. And, and before I joined the, the steel industry, it's only, I've only been in the industry six years. Uh, but before then, I don't really remember hearing about sustainability. I remember as a child growing up, uh, hearing about the hole in the ozone layer, which sort of went away. 
Um, but it's only the last few years I really feel like sustainability has ramped up. Is, is that the case? Um, I think it's certainly ramped up in terms of public discourse. I think the steel makers, the companies, have been thinking about this for, um, well, certainly a couple of decades. Um, but I remember with Responsible Steel, I've been doing a lot of work for Responsible Steel. Um, that program really started, um, well, it started about 12 years ago, really ramped up maybe six or seven years ago. And I remember the early conversation, some of the steel makers involved saying, well, the problem for us with this program is there isn't seen to be a burning platform on sustainable issues, sustainability issues for the steel sector. Um, I think there's now definitely a sense that it's a burning platform. That's it, yeah. So it's all about that uh, decarbonising, get that net zero by uh, 2050. That's right, yeah. Do you think the UK as a whole, and in particular the steel industry, are we, are we on target for that? Um, I'm not the expert on that, but the UK's Climate Change Committee produces an annual report on exactly that question, and their last report was June this year, um, June 2023. It makes pretty grim reading. Um, I think the sense in, from that report is that there's, there's good words, but those words need to be put in, into action and genuine long-term commitment, and it's urgent. And I think the sense from that report is that's not happening. So um, it's not too late, but it really needs proper action and urgently. Yeah, yeah, that word action, today's event, accelerating construction uh, transformation, Absolutely. that word act. So, so what brings you to today's event and, and uh, what, uh, what ideas do you have beforehand and have those expectations been met? Um, well, to answer your last question first, very much so. Um, for me, I, I do a lot of work um, from home, um, not just from COVID, that's the kind of work I do. Um, it's good to get out of the office um, and meet real people. And at these kinds of events, you just learn so much from talking to people on this and this with the, um, the sort of um, demand side of steel making and manufacturing, that's not my area. Um, I'm interested now in the, in the downstream chain of custody for steel products, getting them from the um, steel production to the end users. And I've just learned so much. So absolutely my expectations have been more, been more than met. It's been absolutely fantastic. Brilliant to hear. And, and from, from a steel making point of view, we are moving towards that electric arc furnace uh, technology, which is a greener way of making steel, uh, hoping to decarbonise. And then and uh, with that steel, we are making these more sustainable, uh, reusable products. So as Tata Steel, do you think we are moving in the right direction for net zero? Um, I think when I speak to people at Tata, Tata Steel, I see really committed people, um, really professional people, practical people who know what needs to be done and, and want to do it. Um, for steel making, the kind of scale of decisions that need to be taken, they are big decisions. You know, they're hundreds of million dollar decisions. And right now, as I'm sure you all know at Port Talbot, you know, those discussions are taking place. Um, it, the top level of the UK government is involved, um, obviously the very top level of Tata Steel. And I think at the moment, um, from the, the public perspective, we don't know what the answer to those discussions is going to be. Um, I really hope there's a good answer coming out um, in the next next few months. Yeah, yeah, true is true for us all. Um, and just just to wrap up then, if, if, if we are making you know, this, this low carbon steel and we're making these sustainable products, that's all well and good. But is there a pull from uh, a customer further down the supply chain? Is it a pull for these types of products? Um, that's a great question. Um, a response Steel, I've been doing a lot of work with a, um, a group called um, Steel Zero um, in collaboration with the Climate Group, which is to, to bring on the, on the demand side, to get the demand side to make commitments, um, future commitments, 10-year commitments, 20, 30-year commitments to buy green steel. Um, we've had a lot of really detailed discussions
ones with some quite big construction sector, automotive sector companies, before they make those kind of grand commitments, they want to know what's in the supply in the supply line, what's coming down the line. So they say, what is the supply there? So you're in this chicken and egg situation with the producers saying, well, we can make green steel if the demand's there. And on the demand side, say, well, we'll make the commitments if we know the supply is there. So how do you break out of that? I think one way we break out of that is by having those conversations. We'll jump if you'll jump, let's jump together. That's one way of doing it. And programs like Steel Zero, like Responsible Steel, are designed to catalyze those conversations and get those commitments made. The other piece, actually, is government. I think it's a huge role for government on the demand side, fairly directly by making government procurement specifications for, for want of a better word, green steel. And I think the Responsible Steel standard is the definition of green steel for that purpose. Um, so one is, yes, um, government procurement commitments, and then the other one is the, the policy context. And I think the government could be doing more on the policy context to make it easier for companies, producers, and on the um, demand side to make those commitments. Yeah, so again, it's that buzzwords of collaboration. Just keep hearing about Indeed. we all need to, we are need to collaborate. Oh, sorry, we do need to collaborate to, do, to get these things done. Uh, listen, Matthew, I know you're going to train to catch the events all but over. Uh, thank you so much for your time. I'm sure we catch up with you again. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you thank very you. much. Thank, thank you. you. So that's it for Act 1. I'm joined now by Barry Rust of Building Systems. Barry, what was the purpose for this event and, and have you achieved what you set out to achieve? Yeah, I, I think the, it was called ACT. It's about accelerating construction transformation. So what is construction transformation? It's, it's the need for the construction sector, certainly in the UK, um, to become more productive more resilient in the face of economic and financial turmoil, which of course we've, we've had a bit of that over the last few years. Um, and it's to become more productive and resilient in a, in a more sustainable way. Um, I think something like 25% of the UK's uh, emissions are associated with the built environment. It's a quarter of the UK's emissions associated with what we do in buildings, which if you think about it, you know, we live in buildings, we work in buildings, it kind of makes sense, but it's still a lot. Um, and so this was, this was a really wide um, spectrum of people who came to this event to discuss, really it was, a, I would call it a walking of the walk event. So, you know, you do get talking the talk events, and this was the walking the walk event where we wanted to talk about what, what have we been doing? Not what are we planning to do, but what, what have we been doing on uh, construction transformation, on building more productively, uh, operating buildings more efficiently? Um, what have we been doing to reduce our carbon footprint of, of our, the operation of the building, the construction of the building, and in our supply chains? So it was, there was a wide range of stakeholders, um, some of them from the construction supply chain today, some of them from the wider ecosystem. We had a few associations here as well, uh, and a couple of standards organisations. So, so that was kind of the, the purpose of the event was to bring everybody together to all acknowledge that the, this need for change, um, and for us to discuss um, how uh, we accelerate that change. So, what have we been doing? To, to deliver and how do we accelerate and that was the purpose of the final panel discussion that was really you know how do we accelerate construction transformation was the title of the final panel discussion up to that point everything had been about what we're doing today so that final discussion looked looked towards the future and I think some of the real themes that came out of the, the sessions were I mean 
generally and, and wholly the kind of the desire to I don't think there was anybody in the room saying no we really need to focus on something else in construction I think everybody was talking about the need and they accepted the challenge and the need for uh, for construction transformation but also cognizant of the fact that it's an enormous challenge mm. um, and um, so so I think that was the first part of the day, getting everybody together and, and discussing that and trying to un and unlock between us uh, and take some views on how we might be, un be able to unlock that acceleration. Um, so supply chain collaboration, sharing amongst the supply chain, um, innovation, digital enablers was a big part of it. Digital has a real role to play in, in unlocking the productivity and the sustainability locks. Um, and so that was a really strong theme of today. Um, and, and I think the other part of this, Gareth, was um, we at Building Systems as a Tata Steel enterprise have some real ambition. We, we have some fantastic products, as you know, uh, that come out of our factory today and have been today and, go, and going over the, the way bridge and out to our customers. Um, we don't want to be just a product supplier. We want to be a solutions provider. And um, with the power and weight of Tata Steel behind us, Building Systems has both the capacity and the ambition to try and deliver construction transformation. Not on our own, of course. Mm. We're, we're, we're a cog in that, in that wheel or that machine. But we wanted to really broadcast to the supply chain and the wider ecosystem that we're here and we want to partner we want to innovate um, together. So, and I think that message came across pretty, pretty strongly. Yeah, definitely. And you talk there about walking the walk, and what better place to hold such an event yeah. in the Building Systems yeah. uh, UK office, yeah. which is, um, it's a, in a, in a pre-used building, isn't it? It's been yeah. fitted out. Pre-loved. This is a pre-loved building, yeah. So this was, um, this was originally our sustainable building uh, envelope centre. It was kind of a testing bed for new technologies. And we developed, along with you know, Swansea University and, and other uh, outside partners, a number of different products in this building and tested them. And I, I remember when I came, I was still in tubes at the time, and I came to visit Shotton, and uh, I, I came to this, uh, this part of the organisation this building and I, I came into this building is completely different to this um, I, but it, it was a bit of ahead of its time Gareth if we're honest um, and so it didn't really gain the traction we needed in the, in, in the wider market um, and so we decided to close the SBEC down um, and um, we needed some new offices for Building Systems UK and we came to this building and said well rather than trying to build something else let's take this uh, building and make it something special and uh, in a sustainable and very productive way um, and, and that's what we've achieved and if you haven't been up to the Building Systems offices at Shotton yeah make a trip we've got some lovely conference rooms <laughs> um, so uh, and I've offered those out to some of our stakeholders who uh, operate locally here today so uh, and uh, yeah it's it's a beautiful place and it's a it's a great you reuse story yeah it's absolutely magnificent and, and going back to your previous answer you did touch upon digitalization there mm. and i think a lot of people may struggle to find the link between digital and, and construction yeah. but what was uh, made clear today i think it was um mike pitts doing his talk was talking about the digitalization piece mm. is making sure we know exactly what's in our buildings so then we can repurpose and reuse and recycle. Um, I was talking to Camplate LPS in the Metals Expo last month, and he was saying, especially as we're moving towards this electric arc furnace technology, mm. we need to know exactly what we're putting into that electric arc furnace so we can make these higher grades of steel. Is that where that digitalization piece comes in? It certainly does for a large part of the productivity piece and um, 
almost all of the sustainability piece for sure. So yeah, the traceability, provenance, transparency through the supply chain, connected up as a single data stream. Of course, this is Nirvana, but let's, let's describe what's really required um, and being able to tag our products right from the word go. I mean, we do it in the steelworks, don't we? We, we, we have the, the coils come out of Port Talbot from, made from the slabs, and we've got 100% traceability on those coils. And we need, when we convert that to, into our building, our efficient building products here at Building Systems, that needs to carry all the way through. That needs to carry all the way through to the fabricator, all the way to the contractor, and all the way to the end client. And, and in that way, um, the client will understand what's in his building. He'll probably use it in a more optimum manner. Um, and he'll understand a little bit more about how he can adapt that building should he need to for change of use. And we've all seen over the last few years that the world is a very changing place and we may need to change the use of our buildings more than we anticipate. And, and then if you look at start looking at the kind of real whole life and end, end of life scenario, um, we can repurpose that building like we've done here or we can take parts of that building and put them back into the supply chain and and, and I guess without overselling it that's the beauty of steel isn't it? it's a very durable product it's pretty low maintenance and and that's what our building products are made out of so that gives us a real opportunity to take those building products and, and use them again so but that transparency and that data um, and that provenance all the way through is is absolutely essential yeah 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 and many of our products we on display today and we've had all kinds of people in the room um, what sort of feedback have we had from those people well, it's, it's been it's been really nice people have been very complimentary um, um, really good sessions good events lots of comments on the building I think one of the interesting bits I mean we had some really I would call, I wouldn't go, I would say it was entertaining, you know, it was interesting, it was engaging, um, it, it was, the, some of the, the speakers were just brilliant. Um, for me, I think we've, I've had a lot of feedback in, in the room behind you in our Knowledge Hub where we did the Modern Methods of Construction live build. So we took a, um, we built from Tata Steel and Building Systems products a ceiling cassette We'd already constructed a building outside. We built that uh, that roof cassette, sorry, live. And we, um, at the end of the day, about four o'clock this afternoon, after the completion of the cassette build, um, we put it on top of the wellness space. We're, called, we're dubbing it the wellness space outside, which is a, a little uh, kind of retreat for, for the people who work in this building or work on site. Um, it's got uh, the, the roof cassette on the top, which we dropped in place. There is integrated PV strips on the top. BIPV. It's got a couple of lights, um, a converter, and a battery pack. Um, we're, we're thinking about. So we're already thinking about what can we do next. Or so we're going to put some sockets in there. So, so yeah, we've got lots of real good feedback on that. The fact that you know we're we're a building products company, and we took those products, built a roof set, installed it on a building in under a day, including the internal fit out. It's quite remarkable. So, um, yes. So that that's been really excellent and. Uh, Speaking personally, I, I really enjoyed that as well. That yeah, remarkable definitely is the word, isn't it? And it does sound like that today has gone swimmingly well. It's been a great success. Yeah. Is it going to be an act two? <laughs> so we're uh, we just ended the day now. Um, I'd like to say, can I phone you tomorrow and tell you? But I think that, I think there's definitely going to be an act two for sure. Uh, whether it's an act twenty-four. Uh, or or um, whether it's an Act 25 and we look at a biannual, I'm not sure. But I think 
I think we need to get people together like this and we need to discuss these challenges and we need to, there was some interesting debates as well, wasn't there, in, in some of the sessions, back and forth. Um, and we, we need to get those views, you know, extolled. And, and I think the nice thing about this event is there was some real diversity of people throughout the supply chain from the top and the bottom of the supply chain. So, because often you come to these events and there's lots of people from the top of the supply chain who have ambition, and, but the kind of mid to bottom is kind of a little bit missing. Um, and, and we had that today. And so that, that's been really excellent. But we've also got some ambition, Gareth, uh, for this building to do more events in this building. So it was quite a wide and diverse day-to-day. Uh, uh, -day. So we're looking at maybe making some more focused events around maybe our Comfloor customers, our, our metal uh, composite decking customers, around maybe uh, different sets of customers, maybe who for a for a for a building type. So maybe healthcare's uh, the healthcare kind of um, uh, construction sector. Maybe we'll get those guys in and we'll talk about some of the innovations that we're driving there and some of the digital innovations we're driving through that as well so so yeah there's definitely going to be an act two but there's going to be more than an act two there's, there's going to be a range of i guess modular events if i can coin that phrase excellent really looking forward to them and in true building systems uh, fashion it's now time to deconstruct uh that's it from us today on steelcast uh be sure to you know listen on spotify podbean uh, Apple, Google, whatever you get your podcasts and of course you can always watch the episodes on YouTube. That's it from us today, catch you next time.